Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Morning with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. Let me know in the comments if you can hear me, and I'm going to keep going and see if I see any comments about you can't hear me because um, my mic was doing some weird stuff this morning, so I definitely um, want to just check my sound really quickly, and I'm so excited to see you guys this morning. If this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young. I'm seeing I'm getting... uh, thumbs up. So I guess my sound is good. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm excited to be here with you this morning on the Faith Mamas Tribe as we study the Bible. This is a space and a place where we come together every morning to study a chapter of the Bible every single day. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. But before we jump into that, I want to say good morning to some friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning to Audrey. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Miss Margaret. Good morning, Nidia. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Medea. Good morning, good day, Anastasia. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Roma. So excited to see you guys this morning and to jump into Um, Joshua chapter 17. I'm really excited about Joshua chapter 17. Good morning, Jessica from Queens. All right, you in Queens this morning. Good morning. All right. Now I have a question, you guys. I ask it every morning. What are you grateful to God for this morning? What are you grateful to God for this morning? Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for his grace mercy and favor to see the last day of March. Oh my goodness. It's the last day of March. It is so cold. I'm in Maryland and it is so cold. It's the last day of March. We are about to go into April tomorrow. I cannot believe that. That is so awesome. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, What else are you guys grateful for this morning? I'll share. I'll I'll be honest, y'all. I was struggling. I was like, I hope everybody floods the comments with what they're grateful for so I can get my, my mind together. I, I I have been struggling over a particular uh, friendship in my life. And it is just, oh, it is heart wrenching for me to see what is happening and the, the lies being believed and, oh uh, man. But in this moment, I'm going to say I'm grateful for the time that that friend and I had together, even though it just right now, it's just not, I don't, ugh, 
Anywho, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard right now. Um, but I do thank God for for memories. I thank God for experiences with people, even those people that may not stay in your life forever. Um, you know, it's easy to just write them off. Um, but I'm just grateful for. I'm just grateful for time spent for memories had, um, even when a friendship kind of doesn't last the way you think it will. Um, so yeah, Margaret says grateful to wake up this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. CJ says, I'm thankful to God for my son. He's 10 years old today. Yay. Happy birthday to him. That is huge. 10 years old. That is so awesome. Anastasia says, grateful for a new day. Hallelujah. Erica says, I'm grateful for my hardworking husband, my loving daughter, my fur pets. I only have one friend. I'm grateful for Crystal. I'm grateful for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brandy says, I'm grateful for a wonderful dinner with my friends last night. Amen. Roma says, just grateful. Shanda says, I'm grateful for the desire he puts in me, in us for more of him. This doesn't just happen by chance. Only God can kindle the desire and fire we have for him. Amen. Lilith says, I'm grateful to God for everything. He is a great and wonderful God, always there for us in our trials. Amen. Ah, Miss Margaret has been there. Keep loving them and keep them in prayer forever. <sighs> yeah. Ah, I'm struggling this morning, y'all. <laughs> but yes, that is good advice. Keep loving them and keep them in prayer forever. Hallelujah. Ah. <sighs> Audrey says, I'm so grateful for this morning's with Jesus. It has it is changing my life and changing my mindset on things of the past. The word will renew your mind. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Faith Bombers, for sharing with me. Amen. Amen. Jessica says, I'm grateful to see one more day. God is faithful. Off three hours of sleep, and I'm ready for a good word from God listening to uh, listening to the rain on this AM. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad, y'all. This is so exciting. Every morning, it's so exciting to connect with a group of people that just want to read the Bible. Like, it's so refreshing to be in a community of people that really just love, um, really just love to read the scriptures. Because it just, it really is for me too, refreshing. Absolutely refreshing. Uh, Bella says, I'm grateful for all the opportunities to love today. Mm, that's good. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Lenita says, good morning. Thankful for God's comfort, peace, and sitting with us through it all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Shanda, thank you for your prayers, sis. Randy, thank you for your prayers. Amen. Good morning, Osalane. So glad to see you, boo. So glad to see you. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, we are going to get ready to pray in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter 17. Can you believe it? We're already on Joshua chapter 17. Hoslani says, I'm grateful to be here with this beautiful community. I'm grateful you're here too, sis. Good morning, Donita. Oh, oh, the party started. Paulina in the building. Okay, Paulina. It's like 3 a.m. where she is. She says, I'm having a hard time sleeping, so I'm keeping you all in, I'm all in my background. 
Hi, Dominique. Hi, everyone. Hey, Paulina. Hey, sis. I pray that you get some sleep. I pray that this lulls you off to sleep this morning because I can't imagine being awake at no 3 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> especially when you didn't intend to. Amen. Donita says, I'm grateful for the press. Hallelujah. I'm grateful for the press too, y'all. I'm grateful that we all press it. We are all present this morning. Woohoo. Bella says, I'm grateful for my loving, beautiful, amazing daughter. For all the students who visit my office, I'm grateful to be in here ready for today's word. Amen. Let's go. Let's do this. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter 17 this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for who you are and for what you're doing. Lord, we ask you that as we go into the scriptures this morning, that you would lead us and that you would guide us and that you would show us what it is that you want us to see from Joshua 17. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us and direct us and draw us to you as we read this chapter. Help us to focus on you and help us to not focus on any distractions or wandering and lingering thoughts, but to focus on you, Lord. Father, we give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, y'all. We are getting ready to jump into Joshua chapter 17. If you've never read with us before, let me give you a quick rundown. We read the chapter two times through. And after we read it, we move into a time of personal reflection and corporate reflection. The first time we read it, we just kind of soak it all in. The second time we pick up our pens, we pick up our highlighters and we take notes, highlight key words and things like that. Um, and so that's how we roll. And if that sounds like something you're interested in, then you're absolutely in the right place. I'm going to be reading from the CSB translation, but you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you this morning. Again, we are reading Joshua chapter 17. Joshua chapter 17. Here we go. This was the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh. As Joseph's firstborn, Gilead and Bashan were given to Machir, the firstborn of Manasseh and the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. So the allotment was for the rest of Manasseh's descendants by their clans, for the son of Abizar, Helik, Asriel, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemida. These are the male descendants of Manasseh's son of Joseph by their clans. Now, Zelophelad, son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of, son of Manasseh, had no sons, only daughters. These are the names of his daughters, Mahela, Noah, Hogala, Milka, and Tirzah. They came before the priest Eleazar, Joshua's son of Nun, and the leader saying, the Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our male relatives. So they gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers 
in keeping with the Lord's instruction. As a result, 10 tracts fell to Manasseh, besides the land of Gilead and Bashan, which are beyond the Jordan, because Manasseh's daughters received an inheritance among his sons, the land of Gilead belonged to the rest of Manasseh's sons. The border of Manasseh went from Asher to Mechemeth near Shechem. It then went southward towards the inhabitants of Entapa. The region of Tapa belonged to Manasseh, but Tapa itself on Manasseh's border belonged to the descendants of Ephraim. From there, the border descended to the brook of Cana. South of the brook, cities belonged to Ephraim among Manasseh's cities. Manasseh's border was on the north side of the brook and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. Ephraim's territory was, on, was to the south and Manasseh's to the north with the sea at its border. They reached Asher on the north and Issachar on the east. Within Issachar and Asher, Manasseh had Bethshan, Ebleam, and the inhabitants of Dor with their surrounding villages, the inhabitants of Endor, Tanakh, and Migdo, the three cities of Naphath with their surrounding villages. The descendants of Manasseh could not possess these lands, these cities, because the Canaanites were determined to stay in this land. However, when the Israelites grew stronger, they imposed forced labor on the Canaanites, but did not drive them out completely. Joseph's descendants said to Joshua, why did you give us only one tribal allotment as an inheritance? We have many people because the Lord has been blessing us greatly. If you have so many people, Joshua replied to them, go to the forest and clear an area for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephaim, because Ephraim's hill country is too small for you. But the descendants of Joseph said, the hill country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who inhabit the valley area have iron chariots, both as Beth Shean with its surrounding villages and Jezreel Valley. So Joshua replied to Joseph's family, that is Ephraim and Manasseh, you have many people and great strength. You will not have just one allotment because the hill country will be yours also. It is a forest, clear it and its outlying areas will be yours. You can also drive out the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots and are strong. Let's read this chapter one more time. Here we go. Joshua 17. This was the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh as Joseph's firstborn. Gilead and Bashan were given to Makir, the firstborn of Manasseh, and the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. So the allotment was for the rest of Manasseh's descendants by their clans, for the sons of Ebezer, Helik, Asriel, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemidah. These are the male descendants of Manasseh's son of Joseph by their clan. Now, Zelophiad, son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Makir, son of Manasseh, had no sons, only daughters. These are the names of his daughters, Mahila, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They came before the priest, Eleazar, Joshua's son of Nun, and the leader, saying, 
The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our male relatives. So they gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers in keeping with the Lord's instruction. As a result, 10 tracts fell to Manasseh besides the land of Gilead and Bashan, which are beyond the Jordan. Because Manasseh's daughters received an inheritance among his sons, the land of Gilead belonged to the rest of Manasseh's sons. The border of Manasseh went from Asher to Michmanet near Shechem. It then went southward toward the inhabitants of Entapo. The region of Tapo belonged to Manasseh, but Tapo itself on Manasseh's border belonged to the descendants of Ephraim. From there, the border descended to the brook of Cana. South of the brook, cities belonged to Ephraim among Manasseh's cities. Manasseh's border was on the north side of the brook and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. Ephraim's territory was to the south and Manasseh to the north with the sea as its border. They reached Asher on the north and Issachar on the east. Within Issachar and Asher, Manasseh had Bethshan, Eblium, and the inhabitants of Dor with their surrounding villages, the inhabitants of Endor, Tanakh, and Migdido, the three cities of Nathath with their surrounding villages. The descendants of Manasseh could not possess these cities because the Canaanites were determined to stay in the land. However, when the Israelites grew stronger, they imposed forced labor on the Canaanites, but did not drive them out completely. Joseph's descendants said to Joshua, why did you give us only one tribal allotment as an inheritance? We have many people because the Lord has been blessing us greatly. If you have so many people, Joshua replied to them, go to the forest and clear an area for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephian, because Ephraim's hill country is too small for you. But the descendants of Joseph said, the hill country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who inhabit the valley area have iron chariots, both at Bethshan with its surrounding villages and in Jezreel Valley. So Joshua replied to Joseph's family, that is Ephraim and Manasseh, you have many people and great strength. You will not just have one allotment because the hill country will be yours also. It is a forest, clear it and its outlying areas will be yours. You can also drive out the Canaanites even though they have iron chariots and are strong. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read these scriptures and hear the testimony of you across generations. Lord, we pray that as we move into a time of personal reflection, that you would help us to see you and draw us to what it is that you want us to see this morning. Where you lead, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Let's move into a time of personal reflection and then uh, let's come back for a time of corporate reflection. Here we go.
All right, y'all. <laughs> this is a funny chapter to me. This chapter is funny and timely, and I'm excited to see what God does with it. But we're going to talk a little bit about background here, just so that we remember. Okay, we talked yesterday about uh, Ephraim and Manasseh are the sons of Joseph. So their lineage now has a lot of people in it, and these tribes are now breaking up the land. Now, okay, so we have Ephraim and Manasseh's inheritance within Israel. But I want you to remember something before we go on. This is this is the breakdown of the the tribes of Israel. And as you can see, Manasseh had part of Manasseh has already been given a territory of land on the outside of the the main area. And so we've already seen East Manasseh, Gad and Reuben get their territory. The people that we're talking about here is the remainder of the tribe of Manasseh. And yesterday we talked about Ephraim. So I want to give us a picture that that's what we're talking about. So the, the tribe of Manasseh has already been split because there's a lot of people, right? And part of that tribe already is settled in their, that land. And now the remainder of the tribe is now giving getting an allotment of land within um, the, the major area of Israel, right? And so I want us to just kind of look at that so that we can look at this geographically and see what they were talking about, what land was being given to them, uh, what territories and things um, were being were being given. So I'm excited to see what you guys are, um, what is standing out to you guys. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do. Oh, I was seeing everybody was saying, congratulations, Shelly. So I had to find the comment. Shelly says, is her husband her 10th wedding anniversary? God is definitely the glue that is keeping us together. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Happy 10th wedding anniversary. You guys are in the double digits. Come on, double digits. That's awesome. Congratulations to you. All right. What's standing out to you guys about, uh, about Joshua chapter 17? Because this chapter is funny to me. Is it just me? This chapter is funny to me. Uh, CJ says verse 14 through 17 stood out, especially 16 through 17, when the descendants th thought that the hill country was not large enough and feared the Canaanites. But Joseph said that the land is enough and they can drive up the Canaanites because they're strong. Yes. So Manasseh, Manasseh cracks me up here. The tribe of Manasseh cracks me up here. They're like, look. We don't have enough. We don't have enough land. We need more land. You're giving everybody else land. We need more. And so Joshua says, okay, clear out the trees and the hills. You'll have land there. And if you want to drive out the these people here. And their response was, oh, well, no. <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't go and clear out. What did they say? They said, um, the hill country is not enough for us. So that's not enough. And all the Canaanites who inhabit the valley area have iron chariots. And then Joshua comes back around and repeats exactly what he said. Well, no, the hill country is enough and you can drive them out even though they have iron chariots. <laughs> ah! I find this chapter hilarious. We're going to come back to it. I find it 
hilarious. Donatus says, verse 12 through 13 stood out to me as a reminder that the Israelites still did not do exactly what they were supposed to do regarding clearing the land completely. And 14 through 17 shows me some of that. Come on. They were really scared of the strength they saw instead of remaining strong in the Lord. Iron chariots are not. They needed to stay focused on God's ability. And Joshua said to them, look, they got iron chariots. You can still you got God. Like it's basically what Joshua was saying. He's like, he's not folding on what he originally told them to do. Brandy says verse three through four, nine through 10, 13 through 15. Let's go to the nine through 10, nine through 10. Huh? Interesting. So from the border descended to the brook of Cana, south of the brook cities belong to Ephraim, among Manassas cities, Manassas border was on the north side of the brook and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. I know that word was standing out to you before. Ephraim's territory was to the south and Manasseh to the north with the sea at its border. They reached Asher on the north and Issachar on the east. Let me try to pull up this map and see if we can kind of see so this is where Manasseh is and we can kind of see how they're right up on Ephraim and Ephraim is basically the brother of Manasseh now these now Ephraim and Manasseh themselves are not alive right these are their descendants and this is the land and where their land is bordering Barb says, at first I was smiling at about the women's recognition I have to be mindful of today's narratives them Canaanites then then them Canaanites, if only they would have seek and done what God instructed. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. Yep. So I love it. There's two very big parts that happen here. First, you got the daughters who inherited land, which was a big deal back then, right? It was a big deal back then. And they inherited land, not because somebody gave it to them, but because the Lord promised them land. So they got the land that the Lord promised them, which is huge. We got to understand what a huge deal this was in this culture that women would own land, that women would own land. Marcus says, I admire these young women for standing up and asking for their inheritance. Their inheritance, this is the Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our male relatives. So they're doing exactly what Caleb did. They're standing on a promise of God and they're calling Joshua to enact the promise that God gave to them when Moses was still alive, right? Same thing Caleb did. They remembered the promise of God. And now that Mo that jo Joshua is in a place where he's dividing the land, they're like, hey, guys, I know that it may not be cultural, but remember, this is what the Lord promised to Moses. And guess what? Joshua was Moses's right-hand man. So he knew, right? So when they reminded him, it wasn't as if Joshua didn't know, or Joshua had to go check the records. Joshua knew that these women had been, had been given, um, had been given land. And so, and they've been given land from the Lord. I love that. Throughout the scripture, we see that God um, tears down gender barriers that we put up from culture. Now, it's not to say that males and females don't have different roles. It's just to say that there are some things that we um, we put up culturally that we see throughout scripture that God is like, I'll use her. I'll move this. I'll put this here. Like he's not confined to the same boundaries that we 
put up. I see my sister Jeanette is here. Oh my goodness, it's a party in these comments. Jeanette says they let fear overcome their faith. Can we talk about that for a minute? Can we talk about this for a minute? Okay, let's really break down what's going on with Manasseh, right? So we have this one group of people, this one group of women, this this group of women who is like, sorry, all my nose is doing that thing. Um, we have this group of this group of women who are like, hey, we would like the the, the thing that God promised us. And they had they believed and trusted God for that promise, and they went before all these men of power. Joshua and Eleazar, they stood before them and said, hey, God said this, I believe it. And so I'm coming to you to remind you that this is what the Lord said as you are divvying out the land. So praise God, we have that image, we have that picture. But then on the other hand, we have the tribe of Manasseh, the half the tribe of Manasseh, mind. And I laughed, I chuckled as we were reading this. I don't know if anybody else chuckled. I chuckled as we were reading about this tribe because I could see a little bit of myself. I could see a little bit about the heart of humanity here where they were given an allotment of land. Think about this. They were given an allotment of land. Joshua gave them the land that was theirs and it wasn't enough for them. Like, let that sink in. It wasn't enough for them. So they went to Joshua and said, this is not enough. Fix it. This is not enough. So what did Joshua say? Okay, but you're going to have to put some work in. You're going to have to go and clear the trees in the hill country because it's yours. I mean, clear the trees out. It'll give you some space to live. And then you're going to have to actually drive out the Canaanites. Oh, no, 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 no. I couldn't do it. No. First of all, the hill country ain't enough anyway. And these people over here, they got chariots. They got big chariots. And Joshua repeats himself and says, the hill country is enough. <laughs> and you can drive them out even though they have chariots. And we have to understand Manasseh already has the largest landmass, second only to Judah. If we look at that map, Manasseh already has a ton of land, second only to Judah, and they don't even, the amount of people in that tribe does not touch the amount of people that is in Judah. Right? And so... So what Joshua is saying is, hey, if this is not enough for your, for you guys, there is other options, but I'm not going to, because we got to understand what Manasseh really wanted here. He wanted Joshua, because if you read through, you can kind of get a glimpse. He wanted Joshua to take land from someone else and give it to him. I mean, the nation, I'm calling it a him, but it's really just a nation or, or a, a tribe. They wanted, they wanted Joshua to take, basically they're saying, we're bigger. So therefore, take some of this land from this person, may, probably mainly Ephraim. That's what they wanted. 
take it from them, give it to us because we have more people. But Joshua didn't give that as an option. He didn't say, I'm going to, okay, you don't have enough land. I'm going to take some from Ephraim and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to take some from over here in these tribes and I'm going to give it to you. No, he said, look, here's the land that's set before you. Clear the trees and you'll have space to live and get rid of the Canaanites that are in your city, that are in your area, and you'll have a space to live there as well. But that's not what they wanted. That's not what they wanted. And so the interaction between Manasseh and Joseph cracks me up because I believe that oftentimes that's the interaction between us and God. Where God gives us something and it's like, oh, this is not enough. I need more. I need more. I need I need more. What you gave me is not enough. Okay. Well, then do this and do this. And no, that's too hard. It's too much work. That's too much work. (sighs) It just, the interaction cracks me up because I see myself, honestly, I see myself and my heart at times in this situation. Donita said, is this one of the first tribes that had to do a bit of work to get their land? Yeah. Yep. They all, so this is one of the tribes, they all had to, all the war, all the things that we saw, this tribe was involved with all of that, right? And now Manasseh, we got to remember, Manasseh was split into two, two parts. And so part of Manasseh had to come and fight with the rest of Israel, even though they already had their land. And so when the rest of Israel is now settling, that other part of Manasseh went over to the land that they already had, right? That Moses actually gave them. This is the other part of Manasseh who is now within the the city that they have just taken through Joshua's leadership. And so this is another part, but all of them had to do some type of type of work and and I guess this at this point they didn't want to do no more. Anastasia said God is not a man that he should lie or fail. He keeps to his promises no matter how long it takes. Though it tarry, it must surely come to pass. Amen. Come on. Romans is verse 14 through 18. Sometimes what seems like a little is more than enough when you look at it with an attitude of gratitude and not a spirit of greed. Yeah. Let's let's look at this because we've got to break it down and see the past, see what's going on, because this is a human heart condition. Right. And, and we see how it's addressed. It says Joseph's descendants said to Joshua, why did you give us only one tribal allotment as an inheritance? So the question is, why did you give us only this? Like we should be getting more. It says, and then then they go on to say, why? We have many people because the Lord has blessed us greatly. So I recognize that the Lord has blessed me greatly with many people, but now I'm like, but he didn't give me enough. He didn't give me enough. Joshua's answer is hilarious. If you have so many people, First of all, can you can you sense the shade? If you have so many people, Joshua replied to them, go to the forest and clear an area for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites, 
and the Rethian because Ephraim's hill country is too small for you. But the descendants of Joseph said the hill country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who inhabit the valley area have iron chariots both at Beth Sharon with its surrounding villages and in the Jezreel Valley. So yeah, the hill country is too small. And the place you're telling us to go has people with chariots. And they're telling they're telling Joshua basically, or they're telling Joshua, look, your 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 solution to the problem is not the solution I want. Your solution to the problem is not the solution I want. (laughs) And then Joshua responds in verse 17. So Joshua replied to Joseph's family, that is Ephraim and Manasseh, you have many people and great strength. He's saying, "This this is what you said about yourself. You said you've been blessed with many people, right? You have many people and great strength. You will not just have one allotment because the hill country will be yours. Also, It is a forest. Clear it. And its outlying areas will be yours. (laughs) You can also drive out the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots and are strong. He said, you recognize that you have a lot of people in your tribe. Great. Put them to work. Clear the trees. Have an area to live. And then go get the land from the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots. You said you had a lot of people. You recognize that as a blessing, but yet don't still don't think that 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 can be used, that what you have can be used to be able to do the things that are need to be done. Ha. My goodness. Joshua did not waver on his stance. No, no, no. Go clear the trees, go drive out the people, and you'll have plenty. You'll have more than enough. You'll have more than enough. It only looks like little because you're looking at what you in, imposed as boundaries God, or barriers. Joshua is saying, look, you have plenty. You just got to clear the trees and 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 get the people out of the area like like you're supposed to and you'll have plenty donita says how many times have i tried to adjust the thing god gave me because of how it was presented or not what i thought it should be who bailey says are we willing to work or complain usually i complain for a while before i muster myself up to go to work (laughs) She said, I would save myself so much time if I actually said how I felt. God, it's too much work. Can you make the load less? (laughs) Yeah, Erica said, I've spent all day complaining instead of 10 minutes of work. Oh, my goodness. First of all, it just hit me. I can't do it. Like I've spent years saying I can't do it. 
And then when I put my put my feet on the ground and my put my hands to work with the Lord, it was done in like a little bit of time in comparison to the, all the times I said I can't, all the times that I said it was impossible. That's the thing about God. Just because we say it's impossible doesn't make God change the plan. Think about Moses. Again, we see pattern throughout scripture. We got to notice it. Think about Moses. Remember Moses? God told him to go to Egypt and to, to, to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And Moses was like, no, 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 I can't, right? I can't do this. I, you know, I got this speech issue, God, I can't. And God was like, I'll be with you. You're fine. You can do this. Like, it's not even about you. I'm going to go with you and it's going to be fine. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. So then God did send Aaron, but he still made Moses go, right? This is God. He's not going to lower like, okay, okay, Moses. Well, I just choose somebody else. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, Moses. Okay. The same thing with Manasseh. Manasseh's coming. Well, we don't got enough land. We don't got enough. Oh, well, that area over there, that's your, you could just clear them trees and that area over there, just go ahead and get the chair. Oh no, we can't do it. We can't. That's not, oh no, it's not. I can't. Yes, you can. And like Erica says, how long we spend complaining, thinking that somehow by our much complaining, God is going to change his mind or give us something else. Manasseh wanted another allotment of land that belonged to someone else, that belonged to another tribe in Israel. And and Joshua was like, no, go clear out them trees and go drive out the people you're supposed to drive out. Stop complaining because it's not changing the, 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 the outcome and go do the thing. God will be with you. Donita said, so they were really given a spot and received an additional option to clear the forest. Now get to work. Come on. I, I, whew. Bevy says, Joshua didn't entertain the entitlement spirit. Come on, coming from Manasseh and Ephraim. Call it what it is. It's an an entitlement spirit coming from Manasseh and Ephraim. He didn't entertain it. He said, look, this is what it is. If you want more land, you got that area over there you can clear, and you got the people that you can drive up. So <laughs> Bevy typed this in, the entitlement spirit, and it it hit me so hard because God has been talking to me about entitlement. Hardcore. Like he's been talking to me about entitlement for weeks. And so I'm, I'm chuckling because I'm seeing it here and I'm like, I hear you, God. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And how this entitlement spirit actually blocks us from gratitude. They couldn't even be grateful for the solution that Joshua came up with because they had an entitlement that, no, 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 Joshua, I want you to give me 
another allotment of pre of ready land, land that's already ready. I don't want to have to fight nobody for it. And I don't want to have to take down no trees. That's what I want. That's what I need you to give me. Right. And, and, and entitlement will put you in a place of complaining because you feel like, oh no, I'm supposed to get this because I, for them, because I have so many people, we have so many people in our tribe. And Joshua was like, great, use those people to clear them trees. No, 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 no. Woo. My goodness. CJ says, descendants, it's not enough. Joshua, you have more than enough. Come on. Joseph's descendants, Manasseh says, it's not enough. Joshua says, you have more than enough. You have more than enough. Roman says, I'm starting to wonder, were they just lazy? Or did they just feel entitled because they were descendants of Joseph? The double portion ones, right? The double portion blessing ones. <laughs> they must have forgot about Joseph's story. <laughs> Anastasia says, is more like saying, God, you did not bless me how I wanted or how I should be blessed. Yeah. Allison often makes this, uh, talks about this kind of analogy with how we, we, we can say, God, I want a cake. So God gives us flour, eggs, milk, and all the things to make the cake. And they were like, no, no, no. I wanted it re- move in ready, God. I wanted a move in ready cake. I don't want this. I don't want to have to do nothing. I don't want to have to do nothing with this. What is this? I don't want to have to do nothing with this. And we, 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 we convince ourselves that <laughs> if God's going to bless me, it's going to come ready-made. And sometimes God gives us the flour. He gives us the egg. He gives us the, the milk. He gives us all the things that we need. And he says, oh, you just need a little elbow grease. That's it. No, this is, this can't be it. I, I need something more moving ready. I need something finished. And so therefore we spit in the face of the blessings of God because we want the way we want it. Ah. Guys, I'm talking to me about this one. God, I need you to fix my fix my finances, Lord. I need you to fix my finances. They're crumbling. I need you to fix my finances. What am I really saying? God, can you drop like a thousand plus dollars in my bank account? A couple thousand would be great. So what does God tell me to do? Stop, stop ordering fast food and save some money. No, 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 no. No, God, you see... <laughs> I need you to um, fix my finances. Yeah. God's like, I heard you. Stop ordering fast food and save some money. And, and, and actually, you know, that gift that I gave you, that ability that I gave you, go ahead and start offering that as a paid service for a business. No, 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 God. I need you to like put a check in my mailbox. Because I've heard you do that for others. I've heard you do that for others. 
I need you to do that for me. And constantly God says, shows me, he's like, no, I need you to stop spending all your money at fast food, save money and use that skill I gave you as a paid service and start a business. I can't do that. that. That sounds too hard. And God is like, but I'll be with you. You'll be fine. And then I sit back and I'm like, eh, I can't. A lot of times we expect the blessings of God to come a certain way and in a certain package. And so when God gives us the flour and the, the eggs and the milk to make, to make a, to cake, he gives us all the pieces and he says, Hey, put them together, put it in the oven. And we say, Oh no, I can't do that. I was expecting a made cake. God, God fixed my finances. Okay, great. Change your fin- the way you're handling your finances. Oh no, I don't want to change anything about the, what I'm doing. I want you to change, God. I don't. I don't want to change. I don't want to have to work. I want you to work. God's like, but I, I gave you everything you need. Woo wee. Donnie just said, "Oh come on, don't do this. We gonna talk for real. Lord, fix my marriage." Donita says, God, God says, stop putting your marriage third and fourth. Oh, you too busy. You too busy with all the things that you're doing to, to, to spend time with your husband. You too busy to have, let's just be real. You too busy to have sex. You too busy to have intimate time with your spouse. You too, bu- you too busy helping everybody else. You don't got no time to be, but you want God to fix your, God is saying, great. You want me to fix your marriage? I need you to stop doing this. Carve out time for your spouse and invest there and make sure you're praying for them daily. No, 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 no. I'm asking you to fix him, God. Not change me. Not change me. I want you to fix him. Oh, yeah. And and, and another way that I'm going to fix your marriage is stop yelling at him all the time. No, no, that, that can't be it. That can't be it. God, I need you to bless me with like, fix him, fix his mind, change him around. And God's like, okay, here. No, I can't, I can't clear the trees. There's too many chariots. I can't, I can't, we can't do that. And God's like, but I will be with you. I'm not asking you to do this on your own. I'm not asking you. He's not asking um, Manasseh to go fight by themselves against the chariots, the people. He's not saying that. He's saying, I'm going to go with you. So you've got more than enough that you, what you need to be able to do what I've called you to do. But you want it ready done. And God says, no, I already gave you all the tools you need. Now you've got to walk it out. Oh, God, I need you to, man, I keep coming back to this one, but I need you, God, to fix these finances. And then God gives you an amazing business idea. And you're like, I can't do that. I just can't. I can't do that. I don't know how to start a business. I don't have, I don't know how to do this. I can't do that. That just seems like too big. And God's like, but I'll be with you. 
I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'm not asking you to do anything that I won't be with you in. And I'm not, and God is saying, I'm not, not responding to what you're asking me. I'm responding, but you just don't like the response. Come on. Miss Margaret says, come on. Whoo. She says, little is made much when God is in it. Hallelujah. Little is made much when God is in it. Barb says, we have so much time. Come on, we're talking. We have so much time in this instant moment in time, but yet there still isn't enough time. When is enough enough? Come on. Lenny says, y'all, I need prayer that Starbucks spirit got a hold of me. <laughs> Honey, I understand. I'm telling you this Uber Eats, God's like, delete the app. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> it's so easy. I can just order food for my family from the from the from my phone. And God's like, that's why you broke. <laughs> and you looking at me like fix my finances, and God's saying, get off Uber Eats. <laughs> Put what, whatever you need to do, block it, put it, put barriers around it. Let somebody know, get yourself an accountability partner. Come on, Debbie says, I'm sensing that we are convincing ourselves I'm the victim. So I'm stuck with this victim mentality game. My gosh, she's going here. Stop and check your attitude, regardless of the situation. Make it happen because God owes us nothing. Instead, we owe him everything. Yeah. This is one of those hard messages that you know you need. I hear you, God. God's like, I gave you what you needed. We're over here. God, fix my mental health issues. Go to counseling. Yeah, but talk out the trauma that you had when you were a kid. You need to talk to somebody. Oh, but I just, can you just fix it? But no. Go. Go to counseling. God is too expensive. Okay, I'll show you all these nonprofits that'll do it for cheap. I'll give you. Oh, I can't. I'll show you this way. I just can't. You remember the, the parable of the talents? You may have never heard this parable, so I'm going to tell it. It's a parable of the talents where the master gave his servants some talents. And I'm going to get, it's basically money. He gave his servants some money. And one servant came back and he brought back like double, like quadruple, a lot, a lot, a lot more. And the, the master was like, great. You've been faithful with the little bit I gave you. I'm going to give you some more. And another servant came back and he had, the and master had given him some, and he had like doubled him and all this stuff. And so the master's like, oh, great. I'm gonna give you some more. And then the last one said, well, I, I dug a hole in the ground and I hid the money. 
because, you know, I know you are hard, you know, a hard master and I didn't want to lose your money. So like I buried it. And so I'm just going to give you back what you gave me. See, look. And the master's like, no, no, that's not okay. That's not okay. You buried the money? Thank you, Ms. Mark. She said Matthew 25, 14 through 30 is where that scripture is. You just buried it? Oh, God, I know you gave me this business idea to, to help my family and my finances, but I'm just going to bury it because I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you, Lord. I don't want to make no mistakes. You know, I don't want to, so I'm going to just bury it. God has been coming for me, and I don't know if he's been coming for y'all. He's like, look, I gave, I'm giving you answers, and you don't want to do what I'm asking you to do because it, it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. And, and the thing about it is we see in, in Joshua's response that even though they told Joshua why all the reasons why it wouldn't work, Joshua's stance never changed. It never changed. The same thing goes with God. We're complaining. God, I feel like, Lord, I feel like my husband, you know, he's not romantic like I want him to be. And, you know, he don't take me on dates and, you know, God. And then all of a sudden, Lord's like, take him on a date. What? No, 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 God, you must have misheard me. God did this to me, to me. I was complaining about my husband. Now, now let me get this straight. I understand that there are really, truly, some people have really, truly some issues in their marriage where God is doing something specific. I'm just going to talk to you about mine, right? So I was complaining. I was like, oh, my husband doesn't do this. My husband doesn't do that. Oh, you know, and it was really big on romance. It was like, oh, I just don't feel like my husband's very romantic. We don't go on dates. We don't do this. We don't do that. Da, 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 da. I would complain about the trash. I would complain about this. I would complain about that. And one day God was like, take him on a date. Romance him. Like, God, is this thing on? That's not, that's not really, it's not what I was, it's not what I was asking for. But, but I started to do that and I realized, oh my goodness, this is fun. 
fun. I actually really enjoyed planning the dates and this is a lot of fun. And I had no idea I was waiting for him doing God's like, you can do it. You got all, you got the ideas. So the way that God solved the problem and it really did, it was amazing. I mean, we were going on dates like every, every, every week. It was awesome. I, I was like looking up different things and my husband kind of got into it too. And we were doing different things and we were fit, figuring out fancy ways for childcare and all this stuff. I had spent, I had spent 10 years of our marriage complaining. And then God said, do this. And it changed it in an instant. So sometimes the solution that God gives us is not the one we think we want, but when we walk it out, we'll realize it's exactly the one we need. Exactly the one we need. Brandy said, God told me to stop buying so much makeup. You only have one face. God, fix my finances. Stop buying all the makeup. You only have one face. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) Donnie said, God told me the same thing about Amazon. You have enough. Stop buying all this stuff. You're worried about your finances. And you're coming to me talking about all your finance. What you want me to give you more finance for you so you can blow it on more fast food, more makeup, and more Amazon? No, stop spending. And we're like, oh, but that's too hard. Fine, find yourself an accountability buddy. Get somebody that will check on you. Come on, get somebody that'll go through it with you. Say, hey, friend, God is telling me this. I need some accountability. Can you walk with me through this? Can you check on me? I'll check on you. Can we do this back and forth? Come on. That thing about the makeup cracked me up. And and why are we saying this? It's because God is saying, I've given you enough, but you're not using what I've given you. Come on, Bevy says, you, my takeaway, use God's word as our standard measurement rather than using my thoughts and desires to measure God's word. Come on. Margaret says, nothing will change if you don't change. We like the parts of the scripture where it's like the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus and she got healed instantly. But we forget to mention that for 12 years while she was bleeding, she had to hold on to her faith for all 12 of them years. So that and then and then when Jesus came to town, he didn't go knock on her door. He didn't go knock on none of them doors. Do we recognize that? He didn't knock on nobody's door that got healed. 
He didn't say, knock, knock, you need a healing today? Knock, knock, you need a healing today? No, no, no. Them jokers had to get up out their bed, press their way through the crowds to Jesus. They had to, some people took roofs off of buildings to get themselves down to Jesus because they knew their answer was here, but they just needed to put a little elbow work in. Do we understand what the woman with the issue of blood did? She pressed her way out to Jesus through the crowds. Literally, she was committing a crime right there because she wasn't even supposed to be there because when you were bleeding like that, you weren't supposed to be around other people. But because she knew her answer was there, she pressed her way to Jesus. The scripture does not give us a watered down version of what it means to be a believer. The scriptures does not say that, hey, what it means to be a believer is this. I ask God and he does it and woo, blessings rain down on me. No, the scripture says God did it. He already did it. And now there might be some trees that he's asking you to clear. Come on. There might be some people that you've got to press through in order to get to Jesus. There might be some circumstances and situations. But if you sit down in your house with an entitlement spirit and say, I just need to wait for Jesus to show up at my door. He, he know I'm sick. He know I'm sick. He need to come. He need to come out and. He know I'm going through this. He didn't come. No, no, no. That one with the issue of blood got up and pressed her way out. She didn't just sit on her bed saying, well, if Jesus really is a prophet, then he will come and see about me. She said the answer right there and I'm oppressed to him. The same thing with the, the remember the friends that tore the, the roof off a house that wasn't even theirs? To get their friend healing. How long they must have had to walk. Carrying their friend. Because he was completely paralyzed. They could have sat and been like. Oh I heard Jesus was coming. Yeah if he's a real prophet. Then he'll turn our direction. If God's a real God. Then he will He will rain down checks in the mail. And God's like. You got money. Save the money. Invest the money. Stop eating it. Stop spending it on Starbucks and all that stuff. You're going to have to press through uncomfortable situations for that. what God is doing. You're going to have to press. 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 You are going to have to press. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to press. You are going to have to press. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to press. Whoever told us that we won't have to press and that God's just going to poop, it's not your room. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to do things you thought you couldn't do. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to press through fear. You're going to have to trust God when there's trees to clear in your life. You're going to have to trust God when there's people with chariots that you got to get rid of about your life. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to press through the crowd. You're going to have to press through situations. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to trust him. I love it. Anastasia said, you know, sometimes we think he will send down manna while I just sit here comfortably. We have to understand why he sent down the manna because they were living in the wilderness. Literally. They had no food. <laughs> they were already in a pressing season and he met them in a pressing season, right? We're sitting here in our, in our comfortable homes or apartments saying, God, fix it. And God's like, clear some trees. <laughs> Stop spending the money. 
Now, this is hard. It's hard and it feels harsh. But we've got to hear, I'm going to say it again for whoever needs to hear this. Hear me. These are the things that are coming to my mind. Stop spending money on fast food and get rid of the Uber Eats app. If you're struggling financially, stop it. Stop. Start that business that God's been talking to you about. Even if you feel like you don't know how to, look, God will be with you. Start the business. Start the business. Make time to have sex with your husband. Make time. You got time for everything else. You complaining and whining about your marriage. Make time for intimacy in your marriage. Make room. You you pray for this man. Make space for him in your life. Stop, Stop just wanting him to fit into your life and you're unwilling to make room. Go get counseling. You need to talk about your past trauma. God has blessed and gifted lots of people with the ability to help you process through your the trauma, to help you process through the fact that you were raped, to help you process through the fact that you were abused by your parents, to help you process through the fact that you were molested at a young age, to help you process through the fact that you grew up in, in terrible violence, to help you process through the fact that you go to counseling and be consistent. You need to talk about this stuff. You can't, if you keep pushing it down and then asking me to heal you, the way I'm healing you is by bubbling it up. So that you can get it out of you. Come on. I tell this this story all the time. When When an exterminator comes to a house to solve a bug problem, what do they do? They sprinkle the the poison stuff. I know this because we got had a bug problem when I was a kid. They sprinkle all this stuff around. And guess what happens? All the roaches and everything come out from everywhere. I mean, it looks like the bug problem is worse. It's like, oh, this is gross. The truth of the matter is that's a sign that the bug problem is being healed. Why? Because all those bugs were just hidden in the walls. Now they're coming out and they're dying. We want God to deal with the bug problem in the walls. And God's like, I don't do that. I bring it all out so it can come out and die. You keep trying to shove it down. And God's like, I keep bubbling it up so that it can come out and die. And when you see it, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me shove it back down. God's like, no. You You keep trying to shove it down. Wonder why it's bubbling all up out of you, but you're refusing to go talk to somebody about the trauma in your past. And every time you pray for God to heal you, the trauma bubbles up and you're thinking that's a bad thing. And God is like, it's a good thing. It's a sign that this stuff is coming up. Now you got to deal with it. For Manasseh, it was go clear the trees. 
and go get rid of the people that are in the land, even though they look big and, and scary. And for us, it's go to counseling. Be intimate with your husband. For some of us, it's get rid of that boyfriend. For some of us, for some of us, God, I'm struggling with my self-worth and you need to stop sleeping with him. But we don't want to hear that from God. We want God to just, oh, God is love. God God is like, yes, I'm love, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Oh, God, I need help around the house. Have you taught your kid, children how to do any chores? Ouch, that was for me. Have you taught your kids how to do any chores or you keep doing everything for them? Maybe you should teach your children how to do some chores. Oh, God, the public school system is horrible. I need you to fix it. Will you go in there and volunteer sometime? No, just without my help. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? God is like, look, there's some things I'm calling you to do and you won't do it. And then you're looking at me like fix it. And God's saying, I already fixed it. I gave you two hands, two feet and a really good idea. For Manasseh, it was clearing trees. For us, it's something else that we know God is telling us to do. God has been getting on me about teaching my children how to do chores. Number one, for their sake. He's like, you're going to send them out to, to marry somebody else and not know how to take care of a house? Well, God, I don't, I don't barely know how to take care of a house. I'm not really good at domestic things. Well, teach them what you know. Y'all learn together. You got, you got four whole kids in that house and a husband and yourself. Come on, Tamika brings up a really good ish thing. This happened to me. She says, some things hit home. She said, I stopped my counseling because I was scared of facing deep down issues. And God is showing us, you want healing. You got to face it. You got to face it. It was too painful. I understand. I literally, I remember being in a counseling session and the counselor told me what we were going to discuss next time. And I never showed back up. And I never showed back up. It was years. Those things are still bubbling up today. God has been regularly showing me, if you want to heal from past trauma, you've got to process it through. The lie of the devil says you've got to keep it in the dark until God miraculously heals you. But scripturally speaking, God always brings things to the light and heals it. That's how it works. He always brings things to the light. To the place where it's uncomfortable, to the place where you wish nobody could see this. He, he gets us to a point. We've got to get to a point where we're so desperate for the healing that we're willing to bring it all out. Because when we keep it in there and then say, 
well, God, why didn't you heal it? We got to realize how God does things. He's going to bring it out through the, look at all the people that got healed in the scriptures. They had to come out into the light of day, press out to Jesus among people who were looking at them, talking about them and stuff. They had to be willing to face embarrassment. We have to get this with the healings of the people that got healed in the scripture. They had to be willing, most of them had to be willing to face embarrassment, willing to face, they had to get so desperate. They're like, look, I don't even care what, if my slip is showing, I don't care what it looks like. I'm so desperate for a change in my life that I I will put it all on front street, all on blast. Lord, heal me. Because God is not going to, you shoving it and shoving it and shoving it down. And then all of a sudden it just disappears. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So all the anxiety attacks you've been having and you blaming it on a demon, it's not a demon. It's your body trying to rid yourself of the trauma that it's holding in it. And why did God say, cast your cares on me? Because you've got to get it out of yourself. Pushing it down is not the same as casting your cares. That's not the same. That is not the same. Come on, Tamika said, people think my problems arose because I lost my son. She said, I was broken before from childhood. It was easier to discuss his death than to face childhood teenage trauma. And this is what God is saying. You got to get this stuff out. That's why for some of us right here on this, there's some of us, we waiting on a sign. Here's your sign. Go to counseling. Talk about the hard stuff. Cry. A lot of tears. Let that stuff process through your system. Your, the, your childhood, you never got a chance to talk about it. You got to talk about it. You got to process it through. You got to let it come out of your body. If it's going to keep sitting in your body and you're going to keep asking God to heal you, God is like, yeah, I want to heal you, but you got to throw that stuff up. Pauline says it's never too late. Come on. So far, God talked to us about finances. He talked to us about relationships. He talked to us about mental health. A lot of the things that we've been praying for. And God's like, I got your solution. I've got your solution. Will you trust me with the solution I'm giving you? Will you trust me with the solutions I'm giving you? Some of us got to clear some trees. Some of us, God is telling us to, 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 to verbal, to, to battle some people on chariots. I'm not saying for real, but you know, figuratively. Some people may, some people ask me all the time, well, if Jesus is enough, why do I need therapy? This is always my, my response. <laughs> I personally believe that you could do the same work with Jesus. 
But the reality of it is most of us do not. And to have someone that, that has been trained and gifted by God to sit with you and help you walk through all the pain and trauma is what majority of us need and God has provided us with that. Don't let finances stop you. You need some help financially. I, I've got, I've, I've learned so many solutions to that. God has so many solutions. Come on. Bevy says, uh, make your children responsible for earning allowance. Get your, teach your children how to do some work around the house. So, God has the whole premise of this when we look at Manasseh and what they were saying is like the solution's already there. But are we avoiding it because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work? Come on. Erica says some of the chat has been incredible. I know I'm missing some of it. Oh, it's so good. Come on, Audrey says, we don't want the pain, but you have to allow God to show it, process it, and conquer it. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, this is so good. Hallelujah. Ooh. Huh. Brandy says, God, I know you blessed him with this gift. Bless me with this gift. Can you give some to him too? I know she's talking about her husband. She said, oh no, oh no, love for him for his gift. Come on, that's so real. God had to tell me one day when I was like, God, you know, why am I the only one? Why am I the only one who knows how to get all the kids out the house? Like, I'm over here trying to get out all the kids out the house. I got to run into do list in my mind. I, I I know how to do all this. Why don't he know? Why, why, why? And God's like, I don't need to put two people with the exact same gift in the same house. That would be a waste of resources. It stuck. It stung me so good. I was like. <laughs> God had to get me all the way together. I was like, well, God, why doesn't he see the mess when I see it? Why doesn't he do this when I do it? Why doesn't he? And God's like, I don't need to put two people in the same house with the same gifts. That would be a waste of resources. Look at the gifts he has and look at the gifts you have and watch how they come together. That's how proper resources work. Stop trying to make everybody around you, you. I'm sorry. God is messing with me. I'm over here like in these comments. And Come on. A lot of people are talking about journaling. You can break out that journal, sis. Hallelujah. Isn't it funny? I see people saying this has been so healing today. Sort of speechless. Isn't it funny? that we're reading a story about Manasseh and their entitlement 
And God is calling out our entitlement and we're being healed by it. Isn't it interesting that God is calling out the things he wants to change in us? And it's a healing conversation. This is the, the truth of God is that, hey, even in the spaces that feel uncomfortable, there's healing present. And it feels good, strong, strangely. To be like, yep, I hear you, God. I know you're talking to me. I know you're talking to me. So now we, when we, we're about to close, but when we walk away from the conversation, what one thing is the trees God is asking you to clear? I don't try to conquer the world, but like, what's the one thing that God's saying, these are your trees in your life that I'm telling you to clear. And you'll see you have way more land than you thought you did once you clear these trees. What is that in your life? What in your life, you know it right now, what in your life are the trees, is the trees God is asking you to clear in your life? And you would prefer not to clear the trees. But you know from today's conversation, I can't get around this. God is directing me to clear these trees. And there is land on the other side of a little bit of work. Come on. Bailey says, speaking from experience, when you start to release your trauma, no one can ever shame you again for it. It does not change the fact that it happened, but you can change how it affects you. Colina says, there's nothing so bound in our past that God cannot make right, that he can triumph over. He can and he will. And that's the thing about Manasseh and what we're reading today. That's the thing about them clearing the trees and driving out the people with chariots. God was never asking them to do either of those things alone. His promise still stood. He would be with them. He would be with them. He will be with you. He will be with me. If God is saying, hey, there's some trees that are in the way, when you cut down the trees, you will have the space that you need. You will have the very thing that you've been praying for. You've been praying for mental clarity and healing. Great. Do this. You've been praying for financial breakthrough in your life. Great. Do this, right? <laughs> oh, thank you, Percy. I think this is our first ever super chat. I didn't even know we were eligible for those. That is so nice. It says, I'm a new viewer of this Bible study every morning. It is, and you are welcome to join us every morning. That is so nice of you. Thank you so much. We have to understand that, that God 
God is not not answering our prayers. But his answers often come in packages that, that we don't want. But God is saying, hey, clear the trees. Drive out the, 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 the people that you think are too strong for you. And I will be with you through it all. (sighs) Let's pray. So awesome. Father, we thank you. Lord, I don't know how (laughs) a part of scripture that, that feels so convicting can also feel so freeing. How it's possible. I don't know how you do it, Lord, where you come (laughs) for all the junk in our life and then free us at the same time. Only you, God. I have no idea how on the same stream you can talk about how we need to stop spending all this money on fast food. And yet at the same time, it feels so free. It feels like freedom. Thank you. Thank you for being honest with us and for show, for allowing us to walk through scripture honestly. Lord, where you lead, we will follow. And I must admit, I'm so grateful that you led us here this morning. I pray, Lord, that all the things that you brought up today will lead to change and transformation, breakthroughs and freedom in our life. Thank you for showing us that you answered our prayers. There's just some trees we need to clear. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love y'all. There's so many good things coming in this live chat. I pray that even after today, you go back to the live chat, look through some of the things that are being shared. It's a really powerful live chat. And if you're listening on uh, Spotify or iTunes, I pray that you come over to YouTube and check out this live chat. Um, Amen. Elena says, Lord, where you lead, I'll follow. Help me clear these trees. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Erica. She she reminds me. I'm so grateful. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Um, Number one, it helps us to reach more people. It lets YouTube know that, hey, people are actually really interested in this. And number two, somebody might not watch a whole 90-minute Bible study, but they may scroll through the comments and see your comment. 
Um, so I pray that you would leave your comment in the comment section for someone else that may need to read what you learned. I love you guys so, so, so much. I love you so much and I'm so excited. I'm going to put some resources in the app also about counseling services and some some free or inexpensive services that I've found that I hope that will be helpful um, for you all. Um, and Erica reminds us, okay, so let me get all the announcements real quick. Erica reminds us that uh, Lenita is so awesome. She's helping us to run a $25 um, gift card thingy. Uh, uh, if you leave a comment in one of the videos, you get a, entered into a chance to win a $25 gift card. Um, so that's awesome. Announcement number two is that this uh, single mama circle that is led by uh, Nidia is meeting tonight. Um, so if you are a single mom and would love support and encouragement, then this is for you. This meetup is for you. I think it's happening at 730, but go into the group and the app and find out more um, because she is doing some amazing things, amazing work um, surrounding this. And also, if you are expecting a child, uh, expecting a baby, whether you are birthing a baby or adopting a baby, um, we are going to start putting um, something in the app where you can let us know so that we can send you a little gift. Um, oh, yes. See, you guys are helping me with this. The retreat, we still have 13 tickets left. The retreat is in September. Um, so please make sure you get your ticket for the retreat. In April, on Monday, I'm actually going to start um, talking about this to people outside of the Faith Mamas community to let other women know that they can join in. So if you want to make sure you get your ticket, get your ticket now. And then in May, the price is going to go up. There's also a Priscilla Schreier event. Come on. Thank y'all for giving me all these announcements. They're helping me. There's a Priscilla Schreier event. If you um, would like to see her speak in September, uh, go into the DMV group. Um, and Nataya is sh sharing with us information there, how we can purchase tickets Payment plans are available for the retreat. There's so many things, but make sure you check out. I, maybe I should put an announcement section in the app so I can keep all these announcements. April says, got to get my ticket today. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all, don't play with me. Y'all, I've been seeing these tickets come through. I'm like, I'm about to meet Mar I'm about to meet Marina in person. I'm about to meet Miss Margaret in person. I'm about to meet, I am about to meet some, well, I already missed Miss Margaret Margaret, but I'm just really excited to see her. It's going to be her birthday weekend. We're going to have some fun on her birthday. I'm just really, really excited. Um, Lenita said that there's a post in the community chat if you are expecting. Okay, praise God. Y'all, there's so many announcements. Lenita, maybe, and I'll talk to Lenita offline, but maybe we need to get a, a space in the app where it's just for announcements. Um, just so that people can can stay updated. You guys let me know um what you think. Yeah, God is good. All right, anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> this was so good today. I pray that um I pray that God just ah, does what God does. I love y'all so, so very much. And I pray that you invite other women to this community. And if you're a man and you're here um, on this Bible study with us, we welcome you to this Bible study. Anybody can come on these YouTube lives. And I pray that it be blessing um, to you as well. I love you guys. Um, I love you guys. If there's anything I'm forgetting, please DM me in the app or put out a, a post in the app. And I pray that God just continues to let this word bubble up in us. I find it so amazing that we don't come with sermon notes. 
We don't have, we don't come with sermon notes. We just come and God does the rest. Hallelujah. April says, I'm coming to the retreat. Even if I have to bring my son, come on, sis, come on, come on, bring him along, bring him on. I love you guys. I pray that you have an amazing, I don't even know what day it is, Thursday. And I will see you tomorrow as we jump into Joshua chapter 18. Yeah, Joshua chapter 18. Have an amazing Thursday. I'll see you guys soon. Bye for now.